0: Welcome to the soccer podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. <laughs> we got
1: another guest,
0: and we have a potentially like a. Like <laughs> we a got secret. an arm. <laughs> we have an arm. We ha- I can see the San Francisco was of the Bay Bridge. Yeah. yeah did you did you put that picture in the background because you know. No, I, I have didn't. no idea how to do that. <laughs> I didn't. You definitely did, uh, Dan huh. Simmons, Coach Dan, Soccer Dan, the great Dan Simmons. Polo's on the
1: podcast. Polo on Dan. Polo. polo right, no,
0: no. Polo.
2: this is a a not a sponsor of the show.
0: <laughs>
1: physical therapy shirt. It looked like a polo. Like it like <laughs> a small polo. You had. We can we can mention premier
0: face. premier physical therapy. Okay, yeah, yeah, big fan of so, physical
2: therapy. Yeah, they. This is what I got for. I don't know. They fixed a shoulder or, they, or a knee or something that I had a problem with, and they gave me a a shirt.
0: <laughs> you got a prize at the end of it. Yep, that's yeah, nice. Yeah, where's
1: that like, round
2: Way back that when.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, which one was it? Was it B? Was it C? Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. There it is. <laughs> um, all
2: right, Dan, how how's it going? Well, um it's going well i my summer has been like no other i'm dealing with some medical issues that have changed my world so um, i've got a whole lot of time to think um but and my life could it could be worse i'll tell you that every day i i'm i wake up and i think how fortunate i am i've got great family support and friend support you know so i uh I'm really, I'm really fortunate, lucky, blessed. Um, a- any of those uh, adjectives you want to throw in there, but um, but it, no, it's been great. I'm glad to be back on the show. I haven't talked to y'all in a while, and some texts. So very nice to to see you and talk to you guys.
0: Yeah, um, we wanted to bring you on because we want to talk about um, before we dive into the World Cup and all these other things that are going on. The summer is a time where, and you and I have, uh, I feel like this is something that I've picked up potentially a lot from you over the years, um, but definitely something that that I think it's a topic of discussion in general in the soccer world is this idea of over the summer, is it better for kids to rest or is it better for kids to potentially still train? And is there a difference in age groups? Is there a difference in what you're doing? Um, so I wanted to kind of, kind of dive into that a little bit more of like, because we've all three of us have done it in both ways where we've just let com- kids completely rest and do nothing. And we've also either done summer programs or we've in general have trained our teams at the time that we were coaching over the summer. So wanted to get your thoughts on that.
2: My thoughts are, um, kids should play in the summertime until they are, so exhausted they can no longer smile fall down take a nap and get up and do it again it, it's summertime um you know it's it's more physical than it is mental um so i think if if the kids have the opportunity to get out and do something that's going to exhaust them and and wear them out then that's great you know we have we offer camps i mean there's camps for everything. Um, so there's a great opportunity but uh, you know too many kids are just are still wind up sitting at home on video games um you know uh, i'm a little bit older than than you guys but you know back in my day we woke up and we we ran outside as fast as we could we hopped on our bikes or our skateboards and um we took off to find the rest of the kids in the neighborhood and then didn't come home until later you know we're exhausted or our legs were worn out by the end of the day, um, but you just keep on going, and you pretty much can monitor yourself as a kid, right? I mean, look, I'm exhausted. I'm going to lay down and rest, or I'm going to just keep on going. Uh, and it's that was pretty much all the cross training we had. Yeah. You know, so I don't think if you're asking me, should kids be involved in soccer five days a week throughout the summer? I would say not unless, you know, not in a structured environment, but, you know, they need to
0: get as much cross training in as they can. Um, So, so that's, so that's, I think that's one of the reasons too. I wanted to, so what about formal training or, or, you know, technical training or things like that? Like, I think, I think there's a level of, for me, I think there's a level of where the summer can serve. And same thing with the winter. Those are those off season times where they can serve that individual development purpose. I think you can get develop some individual skills or work on some individual things Um, while at the same time, I think I agree with you, Dan is that they, they do need to have kids. I think need to just go outside and just play for the fun of it. Um, I don't think enough kids um set up like games basically on their own like even for soccer like you know oh we don't have any goals but we got a patch of grass or you know cement or whatever here's some shoes we make a goal or garbage can and you got to knock into the garbage can or whatever it is but i do think that there is a level of like individual structure that i think is potentially beneficial for for kids in the summer months i mean i think
1: socially right it's almost like what um Sarah was saying last week, she was running training sessions for kids 6 30 in the morning, six o'clock in the morning. Like, yeah. run it if you're going to train, train early. So that way you have the rest of your day. Like, it's almost like waking up in the morning, working out, and going to work as an adult. Yeah. Train yeah. early. Then you have the rest of the day to be a kid, the rest of the day to go to the pool. You still got the work in, but like, it's not like training at five o'clock when like all your friends are outside and hanging out. Well, back in the day all your friends would be outside hanging out but you got to go train for soccer like that kind of throws off the social balance
2: well and a whole lot of that goes to the individual kid the mindset of the individual kid some kids at a you know younger ages they're so eaten up with with let's say soccer as an example that's all they want to do and then sometimes after being through so many structured programs they get burned out you know, um, versus other kids have been involved in so many things earlier on as they get older, they say, oh, I really want to get soccer focus or hockey focus or whatever. Um, you know, so it's, it's really, it's the individual. Um, but I think as far as parents go, the parents just kind of need to have an understanding of what their kid wants to do in in this time because you don't want to burn a kid out. I mean if if we as excuse me, as soccer coaches and people that love the sport want to continue to see the numbers grow and um you know the the level of play increase, we want to encourage time off for kids. And if a kid chooses, you know, in their time off to focus on soccer skills, then so be it. You know, that's, but they should, nothing, they shouldn't be, it shouldn't be forced upon them. Um, You know, what we pretty much make them or run 10 month programs as it is, right? Yeah. So uh, that's the way I look at it. uh, Because sometimes in that downtime, they'll grow even more having stepped away from it. I mean, I I think we've all seen it with concepts that we've tried to instill in kids through the season. And then they come back to you at a later time and those things that they just couldn't pick up, they got it. Like it clicked. Sometimes just you know stepping away makes things better for
0: the kids. Do you think there's a there's a potential cutoff of like where where there needs to be a little bit more of a push from parents as kids potentially get older? Right, So you you're, you have a son that's in high school that, that plays travel soccer and also plays high school soccer and is, he's about to start preseason in three days. So do you like is there a level of like where at the high school age where as a parent, especially for for a player who you know wants to uh, either look at playing college soccer or wants to be have a bigger role or a big role, on their high school team or even their travel team where you go like, listen, these are the summer times. Like you're old enough now where you can do some of that stuff on your own. Like you got to go out and, and do it. And if they're just sitting on the couch, you're like go kick a soccer ball or something like that.
2: So are you asking me
0: like when a parent should stop pushing their kid? No. When do you start? Like when do you, because the younger, well, I think I, parents start early.
2: I, mean, I, I think, think right now, like you, there are eight, nine year old kids whose parents are saying, get in the backyard and practice. Um, and, you know, after 10 years of doing that with your kid, you're like, who's, am I doing this for me or for them? And I'm sure there are parents that, that ask that question. Um, you know, and, and I know, like in my case, I'm, you know, I'll say I'm fortunate or whatever, but I mean, my son's. Both of them have wanted to stay active. My my son, who's going to be a senior, um, has tried to stay as active as he can. Just trying to get people to play as much as he can. You know, summer months are kind of tough because there's so many different things going on, um, and it, it can be difficult to to just have impromptu pickup games. And that can, that can be tough. So he's tried to schedule things and. Um, and as a captain, and kind of run captain's practices. But the older they get, the more they start to realize, oh, wait, I need to be fit. Yeah. So it's not just soccer specific activities that he's involved with. He's, you know, he's done a great job, um, better than most high school kids I know through the summer. Like he will wake up at 6 30 in the morning and go work out. Um, like, I I will tell you this. I think I tried it once uh, in four years of high school. Waking up and going to work out. I don't know. That's not my plan. Um, So, I'll I'll be at the gym at three o'clock if I can get there. So, you know, I see what he is doing as being dedicated. You know, to the sport in a different way. Um, Not to say that he couldn't improve more technically, but the older kids get, I think they start to realize, okay, here's what I'm missing in the game. And here's what I need to do to be better. Um, and it, it had nothing to do with his mom or I saying, all right, you need to get up at six 30, right? We've encouraged both of our boys to stay healthy and fit through, throughout their lives. I mean, their, their mom has been doing CrossFit for, I Think well let's see Bowen's 17. So she's been a member of CrossFit Dover pretty much since it started. So it's about 16 years. Wow. Um, you know, so she's definitely much more dedicated to um a structured training session than I am. Um, but we've we've always been on on our boys about being active and required that they they participate in sports in school and stuff. Um, so I think that's what kids in high school start to realize some, some of them stay involved in a sport just because that's their expectation and that's what their friends are doing. So they do it, but they're not really dedicated to the sport. You know, yeah. if we were at one of those schools where you had 3000 kids and a hundred kids show up for your tryouts, things would, would certainly be different. I think. Yeah. You know, so. Um, and that, but that's not a situation that we have in Delaware really. Right. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're like, okay, well, I've got a handful of kids that, that can play and I need to have the rest of these kids. I mean, they're, they're just as important as the ones that can play.
0: Yeah. I think one of the, one of the things that, and I had this conversation with a player recently about, um, I was doing a technical training session with, with the Odessa boys and. um you know, I I I was very honest with them and said, listen, some of you are 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 pushing yourselves and you you clearly want to be here. And other other some of you don't just don't look like you want to be here, right? And that's you know, it's it's part of it, and it's just a matter of like we want you to want to be here. Um, but then I I challenged the kids that were were at that top of of the, from a work ethic perspective to say, you know, it's easy to be there. Um, To a certain extent for you, uh, you know, some for some people, it does come naturally for some people. It's it's the mental um, awareness of just going like, yeah, I got to get up and do this. Right. Have that structure. I think the hardest part is to not do it by yourself. Right. It's easy to get up and say, I did it. You know, at least I did my part. But the question is, and and we all know soccer's a team sport. So, you know, how do you bring everybody else with you, right? Like, how do you encourage and how do you challenge the, the rest of your teammates to kind of follow in that in that? And I think that's where, as a soccer community, we need to do a better job of giving our players those potential skills from a leadership perspective.
2: And and we try, and I think a lot of kids, a lot of teams have kids that try. Yeah. But you can't peer pressure a kid. You can't bully them to to be out there. So, I mean, it used to be that you could.
1: I mean, or you could get away with those things. But you can't do that anymore. I also think that kids look at their coaches as, you know, the leader and their parents. And then they try to lead similar to them, but you might not be, you know, wired the same way as the parent or the coach that you're trying to lead after. Like you might have a very like demanding coach. I think sometimes players try to come off as demanding and the kids look at them like, we're not listening to you. Like we don't, you know, that's just not your personality, right? So I think it's about the kids learning, you know, how to lead and what their style of leadership is. Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest
0: struggle that I've run into um, is the fact that I, I was, I was probably the, like, if I was a coach, I wouldn't want, I like, knowing what I know now as a coach, I wouldn't want me as a player. If that makes sense, um, it, it I didn't have that cut one, huh? You cut yourself. I, I cut myself from a work ethic perspective, not not necessarily from an ability perspective, but, it, but for sure from a work ethic perspective, because I didn't show up. I didn't want to be there. I didn't like for me, it was easier just to say I like the games. Just put, you know, just let me just show up to the games. But like practice wasn't fun for me, but it wasn't fun because like I didn't want to train. Like it wasn't because practices weren't good or structured or whatever. Just I didn't want to be there. Um, I think and it was funny because I was having this conversation with my mom um recently about the fact that like now you can't take me like you have to like force me to go home and not be on the training field. Like I love training sessions. Um but I run into the struggle of like and we've all at, at different points have jumped in or not jumped into training sessions as coaches. Um, but even to this day, there is not moments where I don't jump into passing patterns, I don't jump into like I jump into games.
1: No, exactly, right? Like that's <laughs> that's
0: that's that's a that's part of it. I think you know, I think that, that there's a level of like of of wanting to or being self aware. Now I, you know, we have the luxury to be able to tell the kids kind of what we need them to do.
1: Um I think that's on a coaching perspective, even a leadership, even on a captain's practice, like you you still like that technical part is where you need the coaching like you should be able to go out and play right you should be able to go out and say hey we're numbers down i'm gonna make it 77 and play because everybody should know the rules everybody knows everybody knows what what the expectation is but from a technical standpoint from a passing pattern that's where you do the coaching if you're in that structured environment
0: so here's the question then so if you are in a captain's practice environment it's 7v7 and and it's you and let's just for numbers perspective there's 14 of you so let's just say there's four of you that are um the let's just happen let's just say it happens to line up where you're the four top players on your team and you're also the top four like work ethic from a work ethic perspective okay how do you how do you raise the level? In that environment,
1: well, you gotta nowadays, nowadays, now nowadays, it, it,
2: it, you have to buy them ice creams and give them trophies. In order I'm to saying, get them I'm to, saying, it's the captain's practice. You're like there but it used to be there. that that those captains would would beat up those kids that weren't playing, and either discourage them from wanting to come back to the team or motivate them. Right, you know, I mean, that's uh, but, uh, but, uh, sad to say or not. I'm not sure. But I mean, it's very difficult. And that's the problem that my son has come up with a hundred percent this this season. There are kids that can drive that don't have other commitments that just don't show up. And you know, you, you try and you and you hope, but as adults you can't tell a kid you have to go and do something that a coach isn't involved with. And so the ones that do show up, you're like, well, at least you're here I guess
1: so we'll go on I mean my thought is always uh, and this is just my person I'm always rooting for the underdogs anyway so personally if I was at the captain's practice I might just switch to the other team and just like I'd probably be frustrated that the kids aren't performing as well but I would still try to push those kids because you know you'll need them sometime somewhere you know you're gonna go smash a team seven nothing you're gonna be on the bench and be rooting for this kid to like perform. And like everybody gets, like, I think that's an important part of teams. Like, when that 18th player scores or player number 19, player number 20 scores, and yeah, the score might be eight nothing now. Like, that's exciting. Like, that kid, that's it's that kid's peak.
0: Yeah, but see, I think, I think, I think it has to do with, and I think, and this, and it's hard, but I think, especially for established schools and established programs, it's hard to break that culture right it's hard to um it's hard to say well nobody last year did it so why do I have to do it right i think it becomes internal and i think it does it, i think potentially it's the education or the the leadership that's provided to the youngest players that come into your program because then they're they're the ones that are going to then continue to inspire everybody else right so if everybody else is doing it then you're like all right well clearly there's something to this right there there's something to the fact that like all of a sudden, all the freshmen, for example, let's just say you had six freshmen that were on your program this year. And all those six freshmen after their first season, they're like, all right, well, we all want to find a way to make sure we stay together and we we continue to play. And they do it. Then the next class that comes in is going to continue to potentially do it. And then you just kind of hopefully that cycle starts there. But at some point, you know, somewhere between what Dan said about bullying the kid to to show up. And, and the idea that that's probably not the right approach somewhere along the way, a kid said, well, if no one's going to do something, why, why am I going to? So then they just sat at home and then that's kind of how the cycle started. And then you have the, the minority at that point becomes the kids like your son, Dan, where, where they do want to become, where they do want to do that.
2: Well, and I'll tell you the other thing. Um, When I was uh, growing up, everybody lived a little bit closer. We weren't so spread out. Yeah. So we, over baby, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, you know, we half half of my friends drove, Um, I'd ride a bike, you know, we'd go um, ride a mile or whatever it was. But most everybody was was very close to wherever we would play. But, you know, for we use my son's school. um, It's the whole county. Yeah. So he has kids throughout the entire county um that might not be able to get there because of the distance where the parents are like, I'm not driving you close to an hour. Yeah. For you to, to then turn around. There
1: there's nothing for me to do.
2: Yeah. I mean, so that's sometimes that, that could be an issue too. You know, um, transportation may be an issue. I mean, if you think about some of the some parts of um in Delaware, I mean uh, you know, and I don't know this to be the case, but it could be like a, a Christian or an AI, like how many of the people live really close to to the school to be able to make it there? Yeah. Um, you know, how, how does transportation get in the way of those kids being able to attend something um, like that versus when the school is in, is in session, we run transportation buses yeah. to go and pick up kids um at least closer to their house and then drive them down and then they'd have their practice and then we send them home on a bus yeah also you know that stuff doesn't exist in the summertime so yeah. some of the kids may want to get out and do it um, just don't have the means to get there they, and yeah, they they may not have the means and certainly you're gonna have many of these kids riding their bike for an hour to get to a, a
1: practice do yeah think- i remember that was the case like that was the case even when i was in high school um and I mean, obviously, like Polly is a difference. There's a difference between Polly and Dover is in terms of, you know, areas. But I also think like that, like from a club standpoint, the majority of the kids all played at the same club or played on the same team, especially in your in your grade level. And like you had those relationships with the families too. So it would be like, hey, like Dan's mom, you know, anytime I need a ride will pick me up and take me to practice, so she has no problem picking me up to captives practice, and my mom might take Dan and I back home. But like, also, our kids are playing you know, at 50 different clubs, so those relationships don't exist.
0: That's what I was going to get at. Like, do you think the 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 way that the club scene has changed over the years? I mean, it's even changed since, since I've been in Delaware for seven, eight years. Um, And even more if you go back 10, 15, 20 years ago, like do you think that's that's potentially this the the structure that we've tried to add at the youth level of sports in general? It's just not even it's not even about soccer, but just sports in general, that has almost we've swung the 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 pendulum so far that we've lost the idea of free play and, and
1: all that stuff. I wouldn't say you lost the idea of free play, but I think you've lost more of the community structure. So like, uh, um, you liken it to like South Jersey, right? You know, South Jersey has all those clubs and all those townships, right? Yep. Like you're able to survive off of that. And sure you have the kids that are better than their township team and move on, but. Probably mostly every kid started out playing on their township team and they knew the kids around and they knew the kids in their neighborhood. They played with the kids in their neighborhood. They at least had an idea. Nowadays, it's like, I'll go drive an hour and never play with the kid from my neighborhood until I get to high school. And maybe even when I get to high school, I might not even have the chance to play with that kid because I might not be playing high school soccer. I think you lose that sense of just community.
2: I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure that I agree with that so much because I've grown up with a kid that lives in my neighborhood and, and we've played at some level. But the difference might be when when I would play with the kids in my neighborhood, one day it might be like wiffle ball. Um, you know, I didn't play baseball or anything, but we'd play wiffle ball for a couple of days and we'd play soccer for a couple of days and um, we'd go uh, – we'd do bike things or whatever it was where now I think a lot of times kids are maybe playing so many sports and they kind of, they say, well, I'm a lacrosse player. I don't want to play soccer.
1: Um,
2: Versus saying, fine, I'll play, I'll play soccer today and tomorrow let's do this. You know, that might be a part of it. But the other part of it is kids don't really get that far away. I mean, um, some, sometimes kids, I mean, they don't ride their bike outside of the, the the view of their front
0: porch. Um, Yeah. But I think that's, that's just the unfortunate part of where we are, where we live from a society standpoint that it's made it dangerous at times for, for kids to do that. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not saying like
2: why, why it doesn't happen or whatever, but it's just, the fact is this is what's happening. Yeah. So, so when you're talking you know, your the original theme was, you know, what are they doing in the summertime, or what do we want to do in, in the summertime? You know, what are they doing? Um, should they be involved in preseason stuff? Should they be playing things? Um, you know, the kids kids need to be playing something. Yeah, you know, and then as long as they're playing, I think they can adapt fairly easily. To whatever sport comes up, because they're they have a basic idea. They've cross trained into um, they're they're more athletes than they are speci- like specific, yeah, um, sports specific th- uh, players. So you know, we had kids on it's a high school team that were baseball players. Yeah, we don't really have that so much anymore. Um, like from school to school, you know. seldom do you have three sport varsity athletes anymore yeah um and that's probably even been in the last like five years that that number has dropped off dramatically yeah you know so as long as kids are out playing they could and be physically ready to go into whatever the, the the fall sport is that they choose but a lot of times they're or not
0: yeah um I, I do think it's a so i think it brings up a good and i like where kind of we're doing was going with this and i think it's a good segue into potentially something that duane and i hinted at talking about potentially this week uh which was the the u.s women's national team i think who uh, the u.s women's national team <laughs> who. Uh, we have one of those we we do have one of those. Uh, it right. was eliminated. They were eliminated by Sweden, uh, in the round of 16s of the Women's World Cup. MPKs. Um, and we can sit here and argue or not argue about whether, um, you know, is it's you know, it's fair and unfair because of
1: PKs or you know what what Alyssa uh, was Bigger. Know. It was bigger than the PK, and it was bigger than a millimeter.
0: Yes, and I think that's the thing. And and Whatever I and, it, I, and I, I I made a statement to Dwayne last week and I said there is no when the U.S. Women's National Team meets, like hits that wall, it's not going to be, oh, they're going to lose in the last second of the final. It's going to be like there is no middle ground. I think it was either you're either all in and you were going to win the World Cup or it was going to be a big drop off, which is, you know, you get limited in the round of 16. Um, I think the and again, there's a lot of arguments about and a lot of things on social media about whose fault it was. And was it Vladko? You know, was it Megan Rapinoe's reaction to the PK? It was all these other things, right? And a million and one different things that we can sit there and argue. I think we can go back and just look at the fact that it's it's a it's a bigger problem than that, and it stems at the youth level. Um, I think the rest of the world has caught up when it comes to resources. Uh, when it comes to the women's game. and I think the rest of the world has now figured out that if you invested the same amount of money or you know hopefully the same amount of money as you do in the men's game. but you know we know some countries aren't investing the same amount of money, but you're investing some money. you can level that playing field uh, with the. US women's national team, with Japan, with Germany, uh, you know, all those teams that or Denmark or um Norway, all those teams that have historically been good on the women's game. Now, I mean, we're we are going to have, as of today, we are going to have a brand new, never before uh World Cup champion. Well, I and think puts, there's six teams left right now, and none of them have ever won the World Cup.
1: I think it comes down to I mean, from the U.S. perspective, focus is, is probably one of the 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 problems. Was were they really focused? Were they sure your focus is the World Cup? Yes, you want to play the game, but were there other things in the back of your head? Were there distractions? Maybe right. But why? Do, hold
0: on. Let me let's let's back up for a second. Do we have? Why are we so critical of the men's national team, for example? Why do we know that the men's national team can't compete at that same level with France, Argentina, Brazil? Well, France is
1: always, or US is always seen as like the little brother or the little cousin. They weren't in the same category. Right. But from the women's perspective, they have been, right? Yep. They've
0: been the top dog. Right. Right. They're a dog. They're off the porch. Now, 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 but again, like I told you before, I don't think there is going to be a middle ground. I think it's basically you're going to free fall. And I think that's what you're going to see unless you unless there is a there is a potential rethink of the foundational structure of what happens. You are going to continue to see really good players, right? You're going to see the Sophia Smith, the Alyssa Thompson's, the Kat Macario's, the Trinity Rodman's. You're going to see all these players. These players are not going to stop showing up, just like they don't stop showing up on the men's game. Christian Pulisic, uh, Gio Reyna, Tim Weah. Uh, to a certain extent, I know Matt Turner had a different upbringing. To a certain extent, from that, from everybody else, but Yunus uh, Musa, who then you discover from a different country, like all these things are, are are going to continue to happen, just like they've happened on the men's side. The problem is your structure. You haven't been successful at the U17 national team level on the women's side. You haven't been successful lately on the under 20s. Right. So you you managed to win potentially the, the CONCACAF side of it Um, because you you already provide more structure than those countries, even though they're starting to catch up. Um, Jamaica had to do crowdfunding to get their team to get the World Cup because the Jamaican Football Association wouldn't fund it and look how far look at what they did
1: I think it's I think it's I mean if you look at the team internally right like I like how you compare the men's national team and the women's national team so we know the men's national team just had a player who just went through some stuff was in the media for the wrong reasons right <laughs> You could argue and say the women's national team has the same problem. And it's been a problem. Now, I wouldn't say, I don't want to use the word problem, but you have a player that's very outspoken, has been in the media, and could potentially have been a distraction. But is that now why that, they lose? Is it? <laughs> is it? Because yeah, if you look loses. at it, if, if you look at problem. it, so if you look at it, though, right, and look at the past two World Cups that they've won, there's been older players she was one of the younger players. She, older players, veterans, players that have been there know how to tune that stuff out. Now you've got younger players, players that aren't as experienced that might not be able to tune that stuff out, and it affects their game. Just say you've always had the, the the It's always had the. You've always had
0: that structure. You've always had younger players with the older players. Roosevelt right. didn't show up out of nowhere. Roosevelt was eighteen or nineteen years old when she Roosevelt was suspended. <laughs> yep, yeah, but, I, well,
2: but the I'm, last world cup
0: the last world cup right yeah. or even the one before i think or the olympics or whatever it was that she, right. she came out when she was like 18 or 19 years old so you've always had that mixture i i think i i think you finally reached the point where it's not enough to just show up
2: well and so like you said um you you've got a new winner um yeah. And we could say that that what the distractions were um, a reason. We, it could be political, and and who knows? But I mean, I think the fact is, and you kind of alluded to it. Um, there are so many countries that are just getting their women's game going. I mean, how many how many teams? This is their first World Cup.
0: Yeah, I um, mean, the expansion of thirty two you know, teams obviously helped that. So, so if you if you consider that and then you think
2: culturally speaking um you know the the us has always been on the on the front foot as far as um civil rights yeah so with the with title nine being there i mean they started giving money um not necessarily equal money but they started giving money and giving opportunities to to women Earlier than they do in other countries because um the the men were getting it. So let's make sure that our women get it. But I have to I, I know for a fact, and I can't remember the interview where the player was from. Um there's a Latin American country, and she said uh, girls don't play soccer. Yeah. Like it is. So so it's it's looked down on for girls to play like their dads weren't encouraging them to play their moms weren't encouraging them to get out and, and participate in sport even though the men's side in those various countries may have been dominating um you know it's it's still a fairly new idea or concept so now you have more and more countries getting involved uh, in the women's game the, the men might the U.S. men's national team might win a World Cup before the women do now.
0: Well, the, the I mean, Argentina, for example, the four years ago didn't have, the the league that they had was not a professional league in the sense that players were getting paid to play. You had some players, in the last four years, they've mandated that at least, I think it's 11, and then came to like 12 or 14 or 15 now, have to have a salary that they can kind of live off of. Right, but recently, as of like last week, there was an entire second division team that quit. The entire team flat out quit. Like the, all the players quit because they didn't have showers and they didn't have like basic needs for a professional athlete to be able to to do what they do. Whether you're at the first division or second division, at that point, you again, you if you reach a certain level, you're a professional athlete. if if you're going to expect me to live a professional athlete life then you have to be able to give me professional athlete resources i'm not saying you, have you just to had
2: pay- to get paid i thought just getting a paycheck made you a pro <laughs> <laughs> um yes sure. you, but you're
0: right no 100 percent, and that's kind of my point like like that uh, 10 years ago the argentinian national team didn't exist on the women's team right. it, it had been canceled out of lack of funding like, and this is a national team that had gone and played in the 40s or the 50s, 60s, something like that. Had gone out to to play before, and then all of a sudden, they ran out of money and nobody cared. Like nobody yeah. cared. It and it, it's disappointing. Um, and I think my biggest disappointment from an Argentina perspective was not the team itself. I think the fact that you know you you lose one nothing to Italy in the last minute of the game, and you tie South Africa after being down two nothing and against sweden you compete i thought extremely well and you had one mistake that that leads to a goal and then so there are things that the argentina national team lacks my biggest disappointment was with the media in argentina
1: um i watched I a lot of argentina. That your your soccer poster child started his new endeavor the same time the women's world, world cup was on either
0: yeah fair enough but at the same time that's not that it wasn't that everything was only messy it was messy and everything else but but there was barely any mention of it there was barely any journalist that went there wasn't a single journalist that broadcasted the game from new zealand where the argentinian women's national team played but that's I, part I, of
2: that's what i was saying about the culture like if
0: the culture cared there would be five or six journalists there right and not only that, they would actually broadcast the game from there, right? Like for the, I mean. so, for the men's World Cup, they were there a month before.
1: Right. this like, last World Cup.
0: That's fine, but in and again, that, and it's not, it's not a, it's not a. We gave too much attention to the men's side. It's we don't give enough attention to the women's game. Um, now I think again, luckily, there are things that are happening that are that are allowing um that are that are causing change, which is good. But Brazil getting knocked out in the first in the in the group stage wasn't the plan, right? Like that's a wake up call for Brazil too. You brought in Pia and you're like, all right, is gonna solve the problem.
1: Like, well that's another problem I think that the US also ran into too is um you know Brazil, it's great that Marta was there. I mean, yeah, they got some younger players, but I mean, I think at some point, you got to kind of what the US men's are doing is you got to kind of do an overhaul and, you know, stop calling in players that are older and rely on and start to build that younger generation, start to lean on them a little bit more and qualifying in these competitions. So that when you get to the World Cup, you can and you can pick a team, right? Then you can say, hey, let me let me bring in a Marta. This. this is how she fits in this team. But you build. The group around you build a group almost without those players and then plug those players in as needed. Um, I think that's something that the women ran into. I mean, it's great to have some of those older stars there, but I mean, some of that, like, like Julie Ertz. I mean, yeah, she had a kid, but like she hadn't been involved in almost two years, right? Is she like and she did a great job plug and play, but, but also a position that wasn't necessarily comfortable for her, but, right? But that was also like a um. I mean, it was kind of fortunate that they had her because of the other injury to uh what was it Becky Sauer Yeah. But I think that you can Abby Del
0: Camper was also injured too. Who? Abby Del Camper was also injured too.
1: Right. So she, she's fortunate enough to fill in those spots, but like you that's that's what you have to do. You have to build the group to withstand an injury and then also have players you can oh, play. Listen, in.
0: all all countries have injuries, all countries have it, it happens it happens all the time. Um, it's unfortunate and it shouldn't happen but it happens right the netherlands made it to the quarterfinal got knocked out at nine o'clock last night or whatever it was 11 um, against spain against spain and they're missing their their starting you know forward right like in arguably one of the best nines in the women's game right now which is midima right she's hurt right everyone's hurt like uh, Sam Kerr barely played in the in in the round of sixteen. She came in to play the last like ten minutes. Um, and she's apparently fit enough that she'll play tomorrow at three o'clock in the morning against France. But um, so everybody has that. It's just a matter of like you know how do you how, how do, you, do you build
1: your World Cup? So
0: look at Canada, right? So Canada is an interesting team, right? Like uh uh the last Olympic winner three years ago or two years ago. Twenty
1: twenty
0: one. Yeah, but that's that's the thing, right? Like all of a sudden now, the players the players have to settle. They had, they were given a choice. We can either equally pay you, or we can pay you for being at the World Cup. Like you get choose one. We can't do both. But we can do one. Like why why are we at that point? Why do we? I don't know. I I think management of funds. You mean where's the money
2: to pay them? Is that your question? Or uh, I'm sorry, I
0: kind of like, missed the question. No, like like, how do you get to the point where you as the last um, Olympic gold medalist in women's soccer get to the point where you have to make the players choose whether they get paid to play at the World Cup or they can have equal pay going forward?
2: Where's the money come from?
0: I mean the association. I mean,
2: I'm assuming I really, Do you but, really but, want the
1: answer to that question?
2: But, I mean, but but seriously, like that's and that's kind of been that's been my issue, um, for the last fifteen years with you know the women's world cup, and I don't mean it to sound, uh, you know, um, bigoted. But the money comes from sponsor dollars, right, and. Why, why aren't the sponsors contributing in Canada? Like who, where, where where is their money coming from? And, and why aren't they, why aren't they getting those people to donate? Yeah. You know, or, or to buy the time. So if, if we look at it, it's ad money. Why aren't people watching the Canadian women?
0: the men's brains are the same problem
2: well no that's what i'm saying but uh, if we just look at it like how what do they have to do to get women or to get households to watch the women
0: play i think it goes back to the foundational stuff right i think uh, building building you building the right youth environment that the the culture yeah building the culture for you to be able to as a young kid for me to, for example, I have my my five, almost six-year-old daughter, getting her to watch the World Cup in the morning at six o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning. I didn't get her up at three o'clock in the morning. I thought that mm-hmm. would be an irresponsible parent decision. Um, mm-hmm. but, but when she woke up at six thirty in the morning and there was a game, guess what? We were watching it and we were talking about it. Maybe she caught a glimpse of it. Maybe she watched it a couple of times or something like that. And that's fine. She's six and particularly doesn't that's not something like I'm not saying six-year-olds don't watch sports or soccer. She just happens that she catches a glimpse and she's fine. She doesn't sit there and stare at the TV, but it was on for me. It was, I don't care who it was. It was on. If there was a world cup game on, it was on. Um, And, and I do that, but I personally do that with everything. Anything that like, for me, the Olympics is huge, right? Like I love the Olympics and I like to watch every single sport that I can on the Olympics um sometimes i have to pick and choose between my favorites um but i put it on and i talk to her about it and i go this is this and look at this look look at what she's doing look at what he's doing look at what they're doing like look at look at all the things that are happening and those are things that if you want to you can try to do like you know is she going to be a six seven center for the WNBA? probably not but you know like leg extensions
1: yeah there you go <laughs> Um, get her to start hanging on that pull-up bar, but, but that's, but it it really is the problem,
2: you know, women, um, outnumber men in in this country. Let's just start, start there. And our women's national team has struggled to get, to raise revenue, uh, and get ad dollars right through in marketing, um, in order to, to raise enough money for pay. Well, why? It, and the culture is still catching up. I mean, it, it's great that everybody um, has has wanted to watch the women, and and we see the numbers for women growing up. But I think on the growth side of sports, there's a lot of different distractions or, or things that, that pull that pull girls away from playing soccer, um, and. So once kids start getting more involved in it, and and families and households start getting involved in it, you, I think the the money will catch up. It's just it's it's unfortunate, um, and that's happening. If that's happening in first world countries, yeah, like you said, look at what's happening in third world. You know, Argentina lost a program and then finally got one back. Yeah, like how is that going to impact um, you know countries like? guatemala and el salvador you know are, how much trouble are they going to have yeah putting together but they've got they've got men's national teams that you know are out there competing in concacaf yeah uh and and passionate fans
1: but those same fans aren't there to watch the women play yep. well i like i like the point you brought up about marketing um I mean, one of the barriers definitely could be that the fact that the MLS season is going on at the same time as the NWSL season. If you look at the NBA and the WNBA, they don't conflict really. I mean, maybe the playoffs for the NBA and the WNBA, but you see the NBA stars go and watch those games. You see them go and and market those games. So then, hey, I might be a Kawhi Leonard fan, but hey, guess what? Kawhi Leonard went to the Los Angeles Sparks game, so now I'm going to be invested into that game and actually go and watch that game. And now I, I, I um, I'm tuned into the Los Angeles Sparks. I liked what I saw and now I'm going to, you know, continue to watch those games. Maybe I try to go to a game. So I think like the MLS and the NWSL going at the same time presents that conflict. Not every NWSL team is in the same city as an MLS team. Yeah. nothing that maybe. Yeah. But maybe they could, you know, one of the marketing ploys could be yo nwsl team plays at five o'clock your ticket's good for the mls gamers so, you know what i'm saying well that like is that. a
0: problem like for example if you if you have gotham the red bulls and nycfc all playing on the yeah, same, same geographic yeah like it becomes hard right like it's a, it's a very hard thing to do to play three
1: teams across two different states basically i mean you see it i mean i've seen it now with the league's cup like you've crammed four or five games for the union in the past like maybe three weeks and it's people stop going to games because it's too much soccer for them yeah Yeah, now you start to see now you start to see who really enjoys to come to a soccer game to watch the game
0: it is but it's also a financial burden that you're or financial responsibility like you have you have to be able to make financial decisions right like i I bought season tickets for the union right I didn't budget for you extra know, games or six extra games, <laughs> you know, and it's not necessarily that you, that you're like, oh, well, you know, it's 30 bucks. Yeah. But it's 30 bucks times two plus parking. Plus if they were going to end up having food and plus I need a babysitter and not like it's all these extra things that end up adding up. And now all of a sudden these, these six $30 games are turning into $150 days. Right, like it, 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 and it, and it, it adds up, right? It adds up. Um. So you know,
1: if all get of a sudden Subaru, now, man, you could eliminate that parking cost.
0: Right, but and all of a sudden now, now, I'm, now and Then there's a different budget to worry about. Right. Exactly. Yeah. He's been trying to convince me that it should be cheaper for me to buy another car. <laughs> you get yourself a hoopty. Yeah, I'm he wants me to get a hoopty. With no insurance, no, <laughs> no, no registration. Just basically buy it and drive it. Like go
1: straight to the game and go straight home. No like, like it was a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll take a Subaru bicycle. Well, if you just take a bike, you could probably just put it <laughs> on the Perfect. bike rack.
0: Like, yeah, there you go. Perfect. Just chain it to the fence. Um, I hope it's still there. <laughs> hopefully, it's still there. Uh, but yeah, so the Philadelphia Union are playing tonight um, as we begin to potentially wrap up the episode. The Philadelphia Union are playing tonight. Um, yeah, that was a
2: great segue there. I
0: like how you did that. You like, you like that? The <laughs> uh, Philadelphia Union are playing tonight uh, against Cartero Rematch? Uh, rematch <laughs> against that
1: Isn't that where okay. Ronaldinho played for them? He did. Back well, in the day.
0: Ronaldinho did play for them. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so be prepared
1: for time, another PK shootout. Be that prepared for the at, at the ball. same
0: time, at the same time. And I know Dwayne is going to hate the fact that I'm going to talk about this. Um, at the same time, inter Miami is playing Charlotte <laughs> at eight 30 is a 30 minute difference. That means hopefully the union game ends uh, on time. So I can, no, nobody
2: watches inter Miami. Don't worry about it. It's all Skedaddle,
0: there. skedaddle and uh, get to the car and watch it. The, Cause there's definitely no signal in that stadium. So um
1: uh, actually there is
0: well that's the thing like now With the well, lack of people lack <laughs> of people is so that you got 5g <laughs> in the stadium
1: all of a sudden you can text your your ticket rep
0: yeah there you go um but luckily i'm sitting higher up today so i'm hopefully you know that's you, my, i think it's open seating <laughs> it's open seating oh oh look at
1: that Dwayne found me Wait, a gen-
0: general admission <laughs> for, for a
2: sporting event <laughs>
1: It's. I mean, seriously. I mean, mean, honestly,
0: like it. it, it, That's what it has looked like. At least from watching it on TV, it has definitely looked like that. uh, Listen, Uh,
1: I texted. I texted Carrington the other day. I said, "Man, how hard would it be for me to sit courtside at this game so it actually looks like someone's here?" Yeah. (laughs) Oh man!
2: Don't worry, we we don't have staff to stop you, so just go ahead and work your way (laughs) down there.
0: Um, (laughs) they had to put the staff in the seats. Yeah. Uh, you know what they do at the Oscars? They had those seat fillers, so that way there's no the seat fillers. <laughs> there
2: you go. Well, it's, they just saved all those pictures from uh, COVID time where they were just putting people's fat heads or whatever they were.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. dad I did think I thought <laughs> I saw that at the game.
0: <laughs> well, didn't, didn't China? Didn't China do where they were like CGIing um, empty? Like, yeah, they actual people fields that were full, just like no full fields, and they were making them empty to make sure that people didn't think that like. It was okay to go outside and stuff like that. <laughs> They're going the opposite <laughs> way. Um, oh, Dwayne Duane sent me a hoopty, nineteen hundred dollars uh, <laughs> for a two thousand four Subaru Impreza. <laughs> it oh, might
1: geez. not even let you in with that
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> it, says, it has it has two hundred eighty one thousand
1: miles. You got to make sure the emblem. <laughs> you got to make sure the emblem's still on <laughs> there. two hundred eighty one thousand. It might last me for the season.
0: I think it's worth the three hundred dollars. You'll uh, be broke down on ninety-five <laughs> in Kensington. <laughs> um so yeah, so Inter Miami uh will play Charlotte, which will be which will be fun. And then after that, if the union win and Inter Miami wins, then uh Tuesday night. Damn, I got t- I got a call out of training. <laughs> Tuesday Tuesday night, Tuesday night the goat the goat travels uh to Chester. Comes to Philly, yeah. There's a there's a there's a Gordon Chester. I couldn't um, sold out. yeah, I was gonna say the stadium will be packed that night. Yeah, uh, definitely. That's why. Also, I opted into my tickets for tonight. Ended up getting some extra tickets just in <laughs> case.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been here the whole time. That's worth
0: the investment. Um. Yeah, I did go to the Rexham game for you know half of it before. And my family out. went to that too. Did they stay the entire time until they midnight? stayed the entire time No way oh, they stayed oh gosh. they stayed all the way till midnight
2: my my sister bought the tickets from for uh, Bowen's birthday and he said we are not leaving Wow. And they made it <laughs> they sat out and uh they got they they had seats where they weren't getting rained on but they, they had seats so but they were watching the rain come down but My oh, wife is enough, Sebastian.
0: Yeah. But wait, were they, to, were they allowed to? Were they allowed to sit there or stay there on their seats?
2: Um, apparently, the announcement said, "Please proceed inside" or something. Yes, and they didn't. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not saying they're the brightest people, but they <laughs> they said it was great. Um, we leave one them. of the, They they didn't want to leave. My wife didn't want to leave.
0: She said it was it was cool. I mean, so, I will say the second half was a little bit of a snoozer.
2: Yeah, that sounds like it, but they start were there. Got, got
1: clapped the game before. <laughs> yeah. Um, so long? All
0: right, let's go to the player of the match. Um, my player of the match goes to Linda Caicedo, uh, the 18-year-old Colombian star uh, for multiple reasons uh one it uh it was a, it was a big topic of conversation at the beginning of the World Cup the fact that uh 4 years ago or 3 years ago uh she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer um and had to go through 6 months of chemotherapy and then was able to come back and play um not only did she do that also in 2022 she played in four major competitions with the Colombian team so she played in the South American Under-17 Championship. Then she played in the Under-20 World Cup in in Costa Rica. Then she played in the Under-17 World Cup in India. Then she played in the Copa America. And now she's playing in the World Cup now. So in total, she in a, in a one-year period, she would have played in three World Cups. So not to mention the fact that she also fainted two days before the Germany game. She played too uh, many cups. That's why I practiced Um, She fainted in the middle of practice, then was fine and then scored a goal against Germany.
1: We're going to put in our plug for body armor right here. <laughs> Here's a word from she our wanted, sponsors. She <laughs> one of those
0: fainting goats. Did
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> I send you that picture of that other goat? Uh, was it a fainting goat? No, it was the, the one we were talking about, I think, last week no the goat um
0: but yeah so um i have one other one other player of the match which is similar to my player of the match from last week so uh Gigi buffon who retired
1: unannounced his retirement
0: um no no no. he he still retired (laughs) um uh he gets my second player of the match because he's been in since this year will be uh, or last year, we, this year will be the first ta- the first time in 25 years that we'll see a new FIFA game that will not be FIFA. Um, he has been in every single edition of FIFA video games, starting with FIFA 95.
1: What, can you imagine, what console could you play FIFA 95
0: on? Uh, I have it.
1: You have FIFA ninety five.
0: I have I have FIFA. I have FIFA soccer, which is the one before ninety-five, which would have been around ninety-four, I think. It's N64. Uh, so you gotta go. Yep. Yeah.
1: Got,
0: <laughs> yeah, I got blown to the cassette. So uh so yeah, so I will be playing that at some point in the next couple of weeks. Uh hitting up that old FIFA.
1: <laughs> yep, EA FIFA. these days don't know anything about
0: it's, that. It's EA FIFA soccer or something like that. No, it might have been ninety seven. And this came out in '96 or something like that. I don't know. Ultimately, he's been on every single edition of
1: FIFA. Those these kids nowadays don't know anything about that, man. Yeah, so, so
0: so with EA Sports FC will come the, uh, um, unappearance of uh, Gigi Buffon. But yeah, so uh, all right, Duane, your player of the match.
1: Yeah, my player of the match goes out to uh, Lamine Yamal, the eighteen-year-old from Barcelona.
0: Yeah,
1: um, 10-minute cameo against uh, Spurs. For the, y- for the young camper. Yeah, this might be the best team they've ever played for the, for the nah, game. the man,
0: Boca Juniors, a couple years ago, Boca Juniors beat them.
1: And, okay, they beat the C-team. No, no, no. Was Messi on the field? No. Okay, they beat the C-team. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> we'll just stop there. Um, but yeah, in ten minutes, uh, creates an assist and creates the the final goal that Barcelona scores. So, uh, you know, future is bright for Barcelona. You know, possibly, I mean, possibly get some minutes this year, depending on you know their final transfer. I heard they just got a transfer boost, but you keep your eye out for this kid, next Barcelona wonder kid.
0: Xavi did tell Neymar, "No thanks." Yeah,
1: I'm good. I mean. Uh, again it's one of those things is does he really fit into the team no probably not right world where Mbappe doesn't fit in the PSG team well you think of I mean just look at what Barcelona is built like they were terrible 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 and look what Xavi's yeah. obviously having to build obviously he hasn't been fired they haven't done anything in the Champions League, but he hasn't been fired for a reason right the
0: question is is Sergio Desk gonna stay
1: what is Sergio? the question is What does Serginho want to do? Mm, Is he gonna play? Of course, you want to play for Barcelona. Everybody wants to play for Barcelona, but the key word is play. Yeah. You don't want to be Samuel Umtiti and just be out there hanging out for five years. Yeah. And then your Serginho desk, you gotta come live in America and and, uh play for you know Minnesota United and be cold your whole life.
0: Um. All right, Dan. Do you have a player of the match?
1: Dan, you're on mute. Just enough. Uh... Yeah. Hmm.
0: There you go.
2: I'm not sure how I got on mute, but I also don't know how I got the Golden Gate Bridge in my background <laughs> either. So. <laughs>
1: um. Yeah. No, sorry. I uh. I don't have a player of the match. Fine. Dan wants to thank the city of San Francisco for hosting so many of those <laughs> yeah. premieres. I like to thank who, yeah.
2: <laughs> Seriously, whoever put that picture of the Golden Gate Bridge in my Zoom background, I'd like to thank that person. That's my player of the match.
0: Every once in a while, you move In, in such a way where your shirt blends in and you always see as a Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> we don't see you
1: anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's a good picture of the Golden Gate Bridge. Whoever took yeah. that picture. That's nice. Um, all right.
0: On this day in soccer history. We are going August eleventh, nineteen
1: ninety one. Man, still wasn't born. Yeah, where were you at nineteen ninety one?
0: In August. August eleventh. We're you getting ready for preseason.
2: I was getting ready for preseason.
0: <laughs>
1: really?
2: Um, and yeah, I, I guess I would have just returned from Europe. No, sorry, that was, that
0: was ninety. Yep. Yeah, I was just getting ready for preseason. You were in Europe in August of nineteen ninety. I was. Ooh, right after the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Row boat it, it
2: was it was right after the world cup in fact i have um some um memorabilia f- from italy because i was in italy like a a week after or two weeks after the world cup and there was still stuff hanging up wow
1: yeah did you have to row a boat over there man it was such a long time ago it,
2: it was uh, <laughs> it was but i yes i do remember 1991 um i would say it was probably one of the best years of my life that's nice. Was Dwayne Henry your coach? Dwayne was Dwayne Henry was a coach.
0: Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: There you go. He was Chad, Chad still on that team?
2: Um. He got cut. See, that would have been Chad's freshman year, I think.
1: Okay. Uh, freshman hazing. <laughs> you got any Chad <laughs> freshman hazing stories? Um. <laughs> I uh, no. Don't. Good.
0: <laughs> that's probably a good thing. <laughs> that's probably a good thing. Um, all right. So the Worthington Cup, which is now called the League Cup. Uh there was a tie that was uh between Portsmouth and Torquay that was supposed to be scheduled for Wednesday eleventh, nineteen ninety. Oh, this isn't so oh, sorry, Nine not nineteen ninety nine, one Um that's, that's my bad difference. Well, I remember
2: um, that even better. <laughs> but I
0: was not getting ready for preseason back then, though. No, <laughs> you weren't coaching at that point. I think I was one of his in '99.
2: High-ups. Yeah, in, in 1999, I was not. No, that was part of his his weird hiatus. This is this
0: yeah, where he was, was some sort of a high roller banker or something like that.
2: I was yes, I um I was working for the bank. There you go. See, yeah, M
1: and T Bank. Uh, well, it was SunTrust Bank. Yeah.
0: Um, all right, so uh, Portsmouth and Torquay were supposed to play, uh, but the game was canceled, um, because there was a total eclipse of the sun. Um, so they canceled the game not, um, because the like there was going to be dark or anything like that, was but because there were so many people, uh, coming into the area to witness the eclipse. That there wasn't enough police, uh, uh, <laughs> there was not enough security, so to be able to handle both events at the same time, so they had to cancel this game. Why didn't they just cancel the eclipse? Because <laughs> you can't really cancel an eclipse <laughs> unless you play it in a bubble, <laughs> then you couldn't see it.
1: <laughs> Should have canceled the eclipse, man.
0: Cancel the eclipse. Uh, so yeah, 1991 or 99. That's I don't know why I keep saying 91. All right, uh, the Dan Simmons fair play of the week. Uh, mine goes out to Alan Velasco from FC Dallas. Um, so Alan Velasco Alan Velasco was really good, but the reason why he gets my fair play of the week is because he is he's extremely shy. Um, he was extremely nervous about the idea of talking to Messi and asking for his jersey after the game but him and messi have a common friend or common or person in, uh, in common that grew up with messi and said oh you should mention this story so he awkwardly went up and mentioned the story to him to kind of break the ice and that's how he was able to uh but he still didn't want to ask for his jersey so what he did is he found one of the kit guys from uh from Inter Miami after the game and said oh
1: could you could you go ask him for his jersey uh so he was able to get the you think Messi wears two jerseys whereas one in the first half, one in the second half? I think most players do in general. Okay. I think in general, I know at least in the World Cup, they do.
0: You change jerseys between half and half, unless you, like, for whatever reason don't want to, you have the ability to change jerseys. So they have multiple jerseys.
1: I, I would, if he was smart, well, I mean, he doesn't need the money, but if the marketing team was smart, he would change one uh, during the water breaks too.
0: <laughs> so he's yeah. after handing out jerseys?
1: Game worn jerseys.
0: Game worn jerseys. You three, three of them you can give out to whoever you want to trade with. One of them. It's got to come back. One of them has got to come
1: back for auction. Yeah,
0: yeah. There you go. That's a good end. That's good to do it.
1: Uh, all right. Who's your Dan Simmons Fair Play forward Whatever Enter Miami's hiring. Um, mine's gonna go out to Bernard Kamungo from FC Dallas. Man, crazy story with him. He could probably probably could have gotten player of the match the way he played that game, but um. Tanz- tanzanian refugee um comes over to the states hasn't really played organized soccer nope try, gets told to try out for like north texas sc or something yeah. like that makes the team gets seen in a tryout and now he's a first teamer for fc dallas at the young age of 21 yeah. Um, but like apparently for North Texas SC, he was lighting it up, like scoring goals, like, I know you he said, what, like 25, 30 goals? Yeah. Something like that. He was lighting it up. And hey, chase your dream. Yeah. Chase your dream while you're young. There you go. Don't <laughs> that didn't inspire me to go get fit and say, well, if I go try out for one of these local teams, maybe I can make it. Yeah. Nah. Oh, no, not inspired. No, you'll stay with you'll stay with your adult league. I'm a champion. You are, uh, Dan. Do hey, you hey, Dan remembers the adult league days at DUP back in the day. You used to come out there, didn't you? Um, I tried not to, because <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I do
2: remember it, I, and I played in it a little bit. Um, yeah, that was tough uh I, I don't miss my adult League days
0: that's for sure I've only ever seen in the year that I've known Dan I've only seen
1: Dan play once you're, trying to, start a, you're trying to start an old man's league uh like an old old man's league and they were asking about Dan and Chad We said Chad definitely showing no oh, I can't cuss on this thing can I
0: no
2: <laughs> man that's not... I almost did <laughs> Uh, that, that walking
1: soccer would be about my adult league speed. Let's that's that's it. what the old men's league is. They don't want to play with the young guys. They want to. They can want I, go to the can I?
0: Can I? Can I? Can uh, I? Can I play up <laughs> into
1: the? Uh, yeah, the old man, so yeah, you don't have yeah. hair. So you, you might be <laughs> <you> older <laughs> than you are. <laughs> I'll just make sure I shave. You're already balding, I'm, man. You're good. Before I go, I'll make sure I shave so that way uh, I can get in. I mean that that kid from Creighton could probably be in Ole <laughs> League, too. <laughs> that hairline,
0: <laughs>
2: so that hairline.
0: Oh uh, man! Um, all right. Uh, so Dan, do you have your own Dan Simmons Fair Play of the Week award? No, not this week. Okay, oh, give it to Dan Simmons. <laughs> give it to you. Yeah, just yeah, just
2: for getting on this podcast after so long.
0: Yeah, there you go. Perfect um all right well make sure you follow us on instagram at de soccer podcast at the soccer podcast thanks for joining us this week, and remember oh wait before we wrap up dan thanks so much for coming on yes oh my pleasure i'm glad i could make it
2: um like i said for it's been a while since i've seen you guys great to talk to you um i hope that uh i hope i didn't upset anybody when we were talking about the women's budget and lack of income. But uh if I did, please feel free to email
0: Sebastian all the hate mail. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Love it. Um well thanks for joining us this week. And remember always receive the ball on your front foot.